Hello, this is Sasha. And this is Steven. And this is Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where we invite our guest or guests to come on and champion a part of pop culture that they feel is underappreciated in general. Sasha, who's joining us today? Joining us today, she is an actress and improviser trained in Chicago and has appeared on such TV shows as The Real O'Neills, Hello Ladies, and Community, and loves volunteering with young storytellers and kit crusaders. And he is a comedy writer, is most recently written on Let's Get Physical and The Misery Index, as well as done some punch-up on the recent film Fighting With My Family, which I saw. He also plays rec league baseball, and his team just won their second back-to-back championship. Wow. He loves his three kitties, Musie, Bunny Penny, and Gretel. Welcome, Tracy Mayer and Howie Kramer. Did I say your names right? Because I know your names very well, but did I say them right? Uh, Or you go by Meyer? Meyer. Okay. But a lot of people will say Mayer. I have that same problem with filer and feeler. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, here we go. I'll take the first blow. It's the vowels. take it. Yes. Yeah, I get that with, is it Cohen or Cohen? Did you do the Cohen? Some people do. When I worked at at a high school, uh, the kids called me Mr. Cohen. And I guess in Spanish, uh, Cohen is like a slang verb for fuck. Oh. And so they all found that very funny. (laughs) I find it funny, too. Yeah, I got to say, had I been a student at the school, I definitely would agree. Howie and Tracy Meyer, what are you guys here to talk about today? We are here to talk about what we feel is a very underappreciated, action-packed, nonstop action show called Strike Back that you can watch on Cinemax. Awesome. (laughs) This This is the second Cinemax action series that we've talked about oh. on the what was the other one our very first episode is about banshee, banshee? oh yeah. yeah all right we watched that too yeah. are you guys fans of banshee we were for season one <laughs> <laughs> uh tell us a little bit about strike back what what is the can you give us a brief premise yeah strike back is essentially like 24 uh on super juice but it's Usually, instead of just having one dude like a Jack Bauer, you have a team, and it's a uh, secret intelligence with the British uh, intelligence agency, and they call it Section Twenty. And the uh, the first couple of seasons, it's like just a team of like it's a team, but you follow two dudes, and then as the series continues, it's a foursome. Basically, it's um, good guys blowing shit up, saving, saving the, the world. world. And it, branded and, by Skinamax. Yes. yes. So there's right. a lot of nudity. It, uh, the in, pilot is a little is a little too much, but it, it digresses a little bit. Now, now let's let's get into what you mean by pilot. Pilot. Because yes, I have mm-hmm. questions. Uh, <laughs> there's season one, and that is with Andrew Lincoln, the guy from Walking Dead, and some other people, and that goes to like what nine episodes? Yeah. I but think? what but what happened is well, first of all, it's, it's a this is like a re- another reason why we love it is because it's British. It's like done by Sky and the stuff that Sky does and like British TV. It real I really I think we both really love it because it's just done differently than American TV, and especially the cinematic look of it. But so usually they do like a series, they'll just do one or two series and then it's done. But this got really popular and cultish, but Andrew Lincoln was already on The Walking Dead. So they had to reboot the show and find two new guys. And so they they did a season one and then they redid it again. Yeah, and I think sold it then to American TV. And or that's like... when they got it got with Cinemax. Right, because yeah. the first six part mini series yes. is uh, often called Chris Ryan's yes. Strike Back because okay. Chris Ryan's is an actual soldier like some military dude yes. right who wrote a book and this show is based on that book yes but at some point after those six episodes air Cinemax comes in and makes it their own show and Lincoln was already gone and so they just re they kind of 
fictionalized that world. Now, when you say Lincoln, is that... Abraham Lincoln. Right. <laughs> is that John P- Porter? No. no that's no, no. Richard Armitage, who had to get killed off on the show because yeah. he was going to be in the Hobbit movie. <laughs> yeah. is Isn't it funny how much like TV shows with these great actors, <laughs> they're like, well, we got to kill this guy because he's, they, he's on the Hobbit now. But they kill him on camera, which is great. You know what I mean? Like They don't that's, kill him in between the no. seasons. They make awesome. a meal out of it in the beginning of arguably first or second season it's however very, you it's take very it. very important nothing is just oh that was a fun scene <laughs> there's ev- everything is used so the the first season that aired in the US was the second season of the show Correct. yes and they later aired that first season with Richard Armitage and Andrew Lincoln and they called it Strike Back Origins yes, yes. Uh, which I think is really Super funny confusing. Yeah. So, so confusing there's titles to each season so if you don't know you will be confused yes, yes. there's also apparently a show on Cinemax called CB Strike yes Love we've it. also watched Obsessed that with it. <laughs> but it is totally unrelated that's no. J.K. Rowling Right? Yeah, J.K. Yeah. Rowling oh. did it in her suit, and that's like just four name. episodes. Oh, okay. So that's like a uh, brilliant show. Okay, oh. unrelated to Strike but Back, I think that but it is... came up when I was yes. searching for Strike. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Howie and Tracy, you suggested that we watch uh, season two, episode one, and season seven, episode nine. Now, Sasha, were you like me, where you? I went on Amazon Prime. I typed in Strike Back. I saw, oh, this says season two. And I started watching. I watched about 20 minutes of what it said was season two, episode one, before realizing that this was not the season two, episode one that we were supposed to be watching. My version was, I'm going to see the pilot, Mm, season mm -hmm. one, episode one. Yeah. Because I'm going to do like extracurricular work. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to watch the two episodes that Tracy Howie told me to watch. And so I actually did watch the season one, episode one, the British one. Oh, the the origin. Lincoln the Armitage. Origin. Mm-hmm. Correct. Chris Ryan's strike back. Chris Ryan's strike back. I Doug watched Weston's that. Troubadour. Correct. And then I got completely lost trying to figure out, well, what is the <laughs> season two, episode one? It's nothing and, to do with the other show. <laughs> and I was going back and forth and I ended up watching episode one of season three. Like mm-hmm. up to like mid, like midpoint. And then I, after being so confused, like why they told me to watch it, it's not connected. I went online and I saw the synopsis for it is completely different from what I was watching. Right. And this exactly. is when I, I went in the deep dive. Because it wasn't this like. This was our goal the whole time <laughs> is to just get you guys right in it that you're like, I am so invested. I have to go back and watch all of it. And that's how I learned more about the complicated storyline slash names of the episodes and so then i watched the episode one of season two and then i watched some of season seven episode mm. nine okay oh no you uh the whole reason was for this one shot yeah, yeah. I, I the the sequence toward the end yeah you know i'm mm-hmm. gonna be the voice of the audience i'll be I, <laughs> you know people will understand through me, what the shot is like. So right. it's a good thing. You're like the Damien Scott of this <laughs> podcast. You're like the outsider coming in. And fucking Loose everything. And, <laughs> I mean, Just banging left and right. That's the thing that's funny about the show that we will watch a lot of action shows or a lot of detective shows, even though Howie and I primarily do comedy in our lives, but we really love watching mm-hmm. action and detective stuff at home. And... This show is one of those shows that, like, since it's on Cinemax and they want to keep their brand, he will, one of the characters will find a woman anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they can be in the middle of season four. They're out in the middle of a desert somewhere in tents. And there's this hot chick coming by. And you know, the very next scene, it's like Pound Town Nation. You're like, what is happening? And so Howie and I will quickly hit mute and we be like, because we, we watch it really yeah, loud. At like an 11. <laughs> we watch it 11 or 12 because it's so intense. Well, in the opening credits for the earlier season, there's animated silhouette oh, yes. breasts all throughout it. So they're telling no, you right no. up front, this it's is what this is going to be. woman on top, nonstop. Yeah. We tell the story of the military journey but we keep cutting in between some guy fucking a girl like somewhere now i will say as the seasons progress there are the female characters aren't portrayed just as like sexy ladies they are they usually have a woman in power and they did in the in this 
season two that we talked about. Mm-hmm. She the dies. Colonel right? is a female. She dies. And, Everybody dies. Though. Oh, and no one's safe no one's on the safe. show. The only ones that are are our two main dudes, and then later our foursome. Like they're sort of safe, but mm-hmm. other people get annihilated in the show. <laughs> Why did the two of you first watch the show? What brought you to Strike Back? I believe one of my friends was talking about it, but Howie and I will I literally I just watch action shows and i've always inside of me thought i was a secret cia fbi agent slash alias buffy human mm, someone and so, that you'd been programmed yeah, yes. to forget all like, that training i totally forgot all that training i'm actually jason Bourne. um which <laughs> like if the music from that movie ever comes on and i'm in the other room i'll be like whoa was that born dropping and I, everything I drop on the everything floor, and then i've plates. watched the third you know movie Wait, now, by the, the, i, I think 7, um, time. 24 was ending Twenty four ending. We wanted a new action thing, and then we were just—it was just kind of like what show would be good for us to watch. And we kind of just did a little research, and we're like, "Oh, this looks cool!" Like uh, we just like we'll watch trailers and stuff. And I think that's what it was. And I was like, it wasn't like overtly sexual, but like in whatever we saw, and we're like, "Cool, this is great." Because I think had we seen that, we we probably wouldn't would be like, "Uh," but then. The pilot, I think, like was, and when a you say the pilot, enough. the pilot, you mean the second the, season, the American, the, that, yeah. American that's pilot. the first season you watched. Yeah, uh-huh. that was the first. So we did, yeah, we didn't watch the Chris Ryan one. We watched out of order, mm-hmm. but we watched that, and then we were like hooked into the next one, and then it has a good cliffhanger ending. That yeah. pilot, and actually, what's funny is we rewatched them, and then we we're like, oh well, let's just watch the next. One. We did it again, and like uh-huh. we could have, we stayed up one morning till like two a.m. just watching. Because Strike if you watch season two, episode two, the guys... It's one at of the, the best episodes. It's so funny because at the end of that episode, uh, Stonebridge literally slides through the hotel lobby and catches a nuke in, in his, his hands like wow. a football. That's literally so the reason like, why we were Yeah, hooked. and like I'm the type, I just stand up and I'm like, woo! It's like, it's just... <laughs> We well, it is kind of like die hard in the sense, yes. right? That like things are possible and that you didn't know were possible in this action-packed well, world. Well, things that certainly aren't possible for me. I don't know about any of you all. I couldn't do any of these things. Um, but the reality, the reality of like the the war situations that are going on in the world, it actually does speak to like the like political situations. They shoot all over the world. They legitimately shoot. All over the world. I think this, the the British six part series Chris Ryan's Strike Back was shot in South Africa completely. The whole show. they go back there. They go back I to think South Africa. Se- one of the seasons they go back, and a guy that's in that series was the good guy in Widow with uh, Kate Beckinsale. If you guys watch that, we only watch action stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but they shoot in like Thailand and. But yeah, they go on location, and it's just so cool. So how many shows? No one we know watches the show, so it's just kind of our little thing. But how many shows can you turn on and you're like, whoa, this feels like I'm watching a movie every week. But, and that's what's cool. And my point was that it speaks to the political and like kind of like war stuff that's going on all over the world constantly at the times that this stuff was made. And like, oh, this could happen very easily because these countries are really aggressive and like, Maybe there are this Section 20 that nobody knows about, because that's the whole point, is nobody's supposed to know about it. They operate in the dark. And it's interesting to me that that's a part of the appeal for you of the show, that they actually take on the real world problems, real world wars, and they have these badass characters within existing recognizable world. Because a lot of action shows, I think, are fun because it's so different. It's Mm -hmm. like an escapism, right? So it's, it's a different world from something I have to deal with when I turn on international news. So, but to you, it adds to the excitement. Because the guy was a real hero. The guy was a real, the, the original Chris Ryan was Chris a real, Ryan. real is, person. Is he around? So, Are we talking about him in the past tense? You know, I don't know if he's mm. dead or alive. I have no idea. Hopefully he's alive. Chris mm. Ryan, if you listen to this podcast, we hope you're alive <laughs> and well. You know, everybody dies eventually. Mm-hmm. So He's going to die. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that right now. All of us are. <laughs> Every single one of us. You listening, you will too. I might edit this. <laughs> <laughs> getting a little bit dark. Um, I'm happy I saw the British pilot mm-hmm. because 
there was nothing in it that said Cinemax, right? Obviously, because mm-hmm. it was not Cinemax. Not as sexy? Show. Is it as sexy? It was not as sexy. Mm. It was very serious. Mm-hmm. And they didn't own the action parts like they do in the American version. Like, it wasn't like, we're going to get fucking badass mother like crazy. It was more like an action movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely more recognizable tone that I've seen in other shows compared to what Cinemax yeah, the made Cinemax, the show. They spare no expense. Mm-hmm. And the, the the director and the and the guy who writes it, I just think they're like, they really, they to them, it's like a craft. It's like a really, really important craft. Because then we started watching, we love it so much. We'll watch the like two minutes afterwards. And those are way fun. because it's the they, best. They have an interview with the director or and the cinematographer, the and they'll and the actors the too, DP. and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, when I was doing this, the stunt, gaffer, blah blah blah," and they'll just go through the stunt, and then the guy will be like, "For instance, that first episode of season two, the reboot that you guys watch, um, the repilot, and, and Damian Scott is like in that fighting ring where that's kind of what he's been mm. doing." He was actually taking physical punches to his gut by that other guy because the other actor was like, oh, I want to get close 10 centimeters, blah, blah, blah. But actually, he was making contact (laughs) and he was actually hitting him. So but it's just really fun because then you're like, oh, these guys are so charming and they're saving the world. Like, And and you should know the guy who plays an American is Australian (laughs) and like nobody has their real accent on the show. (laughs) And as you find out later in the finals uh that season seven everyone has really bad russian accents oh i did find that out everybody has very almost cartoon russian Mm -hmm. names and (laughs) accents it's like like, oh pavel you know i understand that the accent has to go all the way deep and i'm like well not everybody talks like that in russia (laughs) i'm russian but but yeah it's something americans and british easily connect with that stereotype so hey it exists (laughs) season seven is very russian chechenian heavy Mm, sounds like Barry. <laughs> and the, oh, the, yeah. um, you also watch that show. <laughs> oh. The American in the seventh season is an Australian guy, too. Yes. Uh, yes. Why? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Nobody knows. But I believe the woman in season seven that's Australian is Australian She's actually, in yeah. real life. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite character. I really liked her. She's mm-hmm. incredible. She has this wicked stunt in, I think, <sighs> season six. She jumps out of a window in a dress. It's fucking nuts. It's awesome. And like when you watch moments like that, you're like, this is why I watch it. Because she's saving the day. She's got guns. She's flying out of this like silk dress and she looks absolutely stunning. And then just blasting out this glass window i'm obsessed season six and seven are are probably our absolute favorite seasons there is and a season eight coming up yeah, right i can't the wait. final i was season. thinking about yep. it we we're like well should we rewatch all of them yeah. <laughs> and, and she, i think you will yeah. <laughs> she is top built at least in that seventh yeah. in that ninth episode of season seven which i thought was cool because the show kind of sets it up as these you know, just like how these two men were the leads in the earlier season that like this British guy and this American guy who look exactly the same. Yeah. I, I could not tell them apart. I cannot still uh, tell most people apart <laughs> when the white man in this show apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it seem like the two of them are the leads, I guess. But she is the, I don't remember the character's name or the actress. but Noven. Noven. Colonel yeah. Noven. She is the one doing the most interesting stuff throughout the episode. The, there's a... You know, Howie, I think you were about to say the reason that you wanted us to watch that episode is because there's this long take mm-hmm. kind of tactical action sequence through a village toward the end of that episode. And the camera is mostly following her, her through mm-hmm. it. Um, How it's you- four and a half minutes long, I think. It's like four to five minutes long. And it's just like... One you, take. They shot it and I think they said three They did a few times, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you don't see anything like that. And just like how incredible it looked. And just... That's hard to do. She's running it's so hard backwards. To do. I haven't right. seen it, but have you seen the season one of True Detective? Yeah. Do you remember there was a SWAT team coming in? There's and- a whole Reddit thread oh. about the True Detective one shot versus the Striker? strike back one Yeah, shot. that's yeah. amazing because that shot was the most realistic how probably would feel to be in that, you and know, like from what I've seen. You feel detective. like you're with this girl for four minutes. Who directed yeah. that episode? I mean, you know, Carrie Fukunaga is the master behind yeah. right. season one, True Detective. I wonder who is the director. Shout out to you, director of that episode, because that sounds awesome. <laughs> the DP, the guy holding the camera. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. Man. And she's carrying the tension the whole time. The whole time. 
uh, she's really in that moment. It's really great. That's yeah. towards the end of that. I bet you was right when you stopped watching. <laughs> I'm um, not 100% on why they're there. <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad they're So they there. had to go because they... The Russians kept oh, secrets. The Russians always have secrets. <laughs> They're sketchy And they bastards. kept them in satellites. And this one particular satellite, Pavel, has oh, now... Pavels are the worst <laughs> of the Russians. Sasha, how many Pavels do you know? Well, I know Pasha Kovalev, who I brought up before. Absolutely, yeah. Pavel yeah. Bure, who's a hockey player. Did you grow up with any Pavels? There was a Pasha Loshkin. It was like a first guy. So Pasha is short for Pavel. Okay. And so he, I had a crush on him growing up. He kind of was an asshole, though, a kind of meathead. Sounds a lot like Pavel from Strike Back. Sounds right. very much like Pavel from Strike <laughs> yeah. Back. Which, so what was his story? What did he do? Um, well, he's he, an ugly motherfucker, he, too. Oh. <laughs> he's a, she's like a, he fucked them over pretty good. He feels that, that Russians aren't standing up for like what they used to be or something. Like his whole... His like, old regime. And so he feels that you know he's got a duty to the country of what it was. And so he is crashing the satellite so that he can get information cards out of it and that's what they're trekking through on that long take they have the little box kind of mm-hmm. like their and, football and they're, they're like turnkeys i think to like nuclear weapons uh in- well, interesting- he's a well- nasty guy <laughs> russians and their nuclear weapons is the worst combination an interesting thing about that episode is uh it starts with a four-month jump the first eight episodes of that season happen, and then four months pass before episode nine starts. And uh, well, I think that's actually a big reason why we like the show. I mean, that, that's a little drastic, but there's just no like a lot of dramas or action shows on networks and stuff. It's very, very contrived, and there's reasons that like if people just talk to each other, they wouldn't have this problem. They just like go forward every time. There's no stopping the action. It mm. just people talk to each other like that literally in that um i think it's the second episode of season two but like you confront people and you move on yeah there's no of this like hidden meanings or not knowing like it's just they always move forward with the action and we're like the action drives the story Mm. that first episode of season two the richard armitage character from the first season has been kidnapped by terrorists he's executed and so the new main characters of the show he's thinking about the hobbit line right he's (laughs) He's like reciting bilbo bilbo we must go to see smaug the the hottest character of hobbit i think i actually think he looks very hot thorin oakenshield normally Mm -hmm. that's not my type but he really there's something about that guy when he's got that big beard he's one of the two that look normal because most of the dwarves in that movie they put a ton of facial prosthetics on but there's him and then another guy who like looks like Viggo Mortensen's character and the two of them have almost no prosthetics on their face Uh, it works that's sad (laughs) he is he is executed and so the two new main characters of the show have to track down Latif who's Mm -hmm. the the leader of the terrorists and they they're they go to this hotel. One of them uh, gets distracted because he's on a long pussy hall or whatever they call it. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. What is, well, it's Stonebridge. Stonebridge does say this is like a pussy prowl. A oh. pussy and prowl. The, the wild thing about it is so you have Damien Scott's character who is just like nonstop banging chicks. And that is his like who he is as a character throughout Tragic all the flaw. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> but Michael Stonebridge, his character is married you see him have sex, I think, twice in the entire show. And in that episode, for sure. Is it just to inseminate it. his wife? Uh, yeah, and then she dies. She dies. Oh, she, sorry. Dies. she dies Big quickly. Big old spoiler. Spoiler Does she So then he never's with another woman the entire uh, series, and you ache for him uh, because you're like, he just does it for the country damn. to save the world. Which country? Because we're... Well, he's, he's British. He does it for the world. But see, it's he's, actually yeah. a, a really interesting point because it's always America and... British intelligences that are working together, but usually it's through the POV of the British intelligence mm. right. people that are like running this secret thing that doesn't Chris exist. Chris Ryan is right. watching over. It seems but to it's be a lot truly a West. British production. Yeah, it's a it's a British production. Yeah, yeah they they pick their bad boy American. So really, <laughs> we should all be offended that this is the American stereotype. <laughs> Just dudes having sex and in the dudes banging in the first episode of the third season <laughs> that I watched half of. He is on a, uh, a mission to like protect a contact, you, you know, from abroad, and the mission fails. He he gets hit by an explosion. He passes out. A woman comes to like save him. And they're like, "We got to go to the desert 
uh, and he's like, well, we have an hour. We have a yeah. and whole hour. Immediately, <laughs> whole hour. fuck. And he he bites her nipple. Yep. You know, like we talk about this all the time when we're watching. We're like, who? Who are these people that are like my nipple bit? Yep, I'll do it, hundred percent. Yeah, but like that's what like a real testosterone-driven man would do, right? Like a bite on that nip. But leave that to my imagination. You know, I'm a testosterone-driven American. I uh, I know what people do with nipples. That seems like such an awkward situation. Here, I, I think that the creators make this show and they want to make this awesome action show. And I feel like in the table reads. After the table read, Cinemax, someone from Cinemax comes down and says, We're like, going to need a nipple bite yeah. there. We're going to need someone eating butt. someone out in a scene in between these two scenes. Uh, like the or, show's written or in this one is way. Unproducible. And then Cinemax just comes in and goes, Okay, and then where are we going to have the naked? And so, one thing that Howie and I do before this, or like Grace, uh, Grace of Anatomy. Never watched an episode. <laughs> Sorry, not that. The nipple biting in Grey's Anatomy is insane. I meant Game of Thrones. Um, same sort of drama shows. No, I'm kidding. Lots of um, characters. But whenever they put up the little uh, disclaimers for the, whatever they call that now, the ratings, yeah. um, and it'll come through and it'll say like, um, you know, violence. violence and blah, blah, blah. Mature and it'll say content. nudity and we go, nudity. <laughs> so we're like anticipating throughout the whole episode. Okay, when's it? Oh, when, we think it's going to be here because yeah. you can tell the break in the... Do they ever show a man's penis on Strike Back? Yes. Yeah. I feel like we've penis seen it at some point. We oh. see a lot of butts. Butts mm-hmm. are every four minutes, the there's a butt. Oh, there's the naked fighting. Oh, there's naked fighting. Yeah, naked fighting all the time. With the yeah. towel. Uh, I brought that up because that whole episode is kind of driven by, well, Damien Scott is the only one who knows what Latif looks like. But there's an older Arab man in the whole episode who's talking to Stonebridge throughout. So you know this is Latif. Well, you know, it's either him or the Indian man with the weird affectation. And you're like, maybe. Wait, wait. So you, I was, that was my going to be my other question for you guys. Did you know? Because I was like watching it again. I hadn't seen it, obviously, in like forever. I was like, oh, that's Latif right there. Like I, re- I think it may be my memory or whatever. Latif has uh, infiltrated and He's he was the, the fake Pakistani army guy. Oh, yeah. So damn. he he's the guy with the nice clean button up shirt that's in there. That goes into the um, section twenty. Correct. Place. And damn, then the head of the Indian army is you're in never, there. You're never ahead of it. You you're find out never. later. Oh, wait, wait, so this is the Indian dude? Yeah. The no, one. but I. That's yeah. what you just said. Yeah, yeah you yeah. were right. You nailed it. Because they have the older man who is part of the. The older man in the hotel. And I was like, that would I... be too easy. I said no, to myself. He's still okay. a bad dude that works for. Okay. He's, a, he's, a major. he's trying to get the chemical nuclear scientist mm. out of there. You know what's bad about being. Oh. You know what's bad about being TV writer? You start like knowing kind yeah. of oh, what yeah. they're yeah. gonna do, you know. And so I was like, "That's a red herring, mm. the older dude," because that's what everybody's gonna think. That's why and I'm I like, don't "But write for TV." <laughs> <laughs> but this guy with the weird affectation and he looks like a robot. I'm like, "He's the motherfucker." But I thought that guy was just a bad actor, but no, no it turns well, out he's the head a of the good Indian actor. Indian Army, and there's the guy that comes in in like a button up. And I think they shirt. also like they want you to think the guy. From the Indian Army is supposed to be a, a be- like, but he's a good guy. We we got out of the car today and we're like, oh god, they're gonna just think we're perverted, <laughs> racist, just weird people because we love this show so much. But that's what the executives say about this show too, right? It's especially what they say about the American viewing audience. So, but I mean, you know, this this is definitely in line with what we've come to expect from us from Cinemax programming after having watched Banshee. I'm trying to not compare this constantly in this episode, but mm-hmm. I mean, they are so similar. Like yeah. the they have a brand. They have a brand. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a very recognizable brand. Yeah, but like I do think that the production value, especially in the later seasons, and I do think the storytelling, like. In the especially in the later seasons, as it goes on, they had a cult following. They know they have a cult following because, like, I think they were going to cancel it, and then people just start flipping out, and it got another season. And so, yeah. I think they really did care. Wow. About yeah, I it. think that's the whole point of this, like the foursome that comes in at season that's six, especially mm-hmm. after Damien and Stonebridge are out, and they have this like at the end of their season. I mean, they live, but they they go, finally they, get together. They, go off separate ways on their motorcycles and then at the very end the one turns around and they continue the same way they literally ride off into the sunset and so in that it's like a happy ending of a western but i think part of like the whole culture change from 
when we started watching this, I think it was in 2010, mm-hmm. to when they re- they were going to maybe or cancel 11. it. Yeah. And then they brought it back with the, the female lead. So, like, I think they've evolved as a mm. show because, like, they brought it back and they're like, we're going to do it. This female badass chick. It's a female forward television And show. not all the chicks sort get of. naked because I'm always like, oh, no. Which one's going to have to get naked? All these like, girls are getting fucking naked. Sorry. We think about <laughs> it. Is. edit that out for you. Oh, no? You no, guys are no, good no. with swears. No, no. We got the explicit them. <laughs> We already hold that E. We want you to curse. But it's... I, you know, I, as a female in my age demographic, I have gone out on different agent meetings and I had met this one woman. She said, well, yeah, you better get ready because now you're moving into just being a domestic violence female or possibly nudity or just white trash uh, hookers. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm not signing with you. Um, <laughs> but then you, then you start to question it and you're like, holy crap, like, is this all that, you it's know? A re- it's a real thing. Like these ladies, they're like, okay, someone with strong enough actress in the show is like, I'm not doing, I'm not going to be naked. Yeah, because a lot of them aren't naked. Hmm. And then some are because it's Cinemax and they want to see that nudity. When they did the changeover to this new foursome instead of Stonebridge and um, the American, how did you two react to that? Did you? We were on board because we were like, yeah. (laughs) I knew they were going to give us the same thing. So double the fun, right? Double the fun is explosions. It looks cool. They're saving the world. It's the best. There's these females. And like, like we said earlier, no one is safe. They do kill off characters that you are kind of hooked on is jamie bamber the head of section 20 in that in that seventh season the like proper british yeah guy? the proper guy he's yes he was he's on Battlestar galactica yeah that's oh, okay. what I know he's he's a good actor he's like really yeah, he's it, it definitely the... it seems like he's doing a different acting thing from everybody else on the show though he's doing he's, it, he's doing like proper he's a little queen's, queen's english for me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if i were to pick the elements that i enjoy about the show I would just enjoy the ballsy tropes. For example, Ar- Armitage it kills a man like while he's naked. He kills a man with a towel. Like he breaks a man's yeah. neck oh, with yes. a twisted towel. The uh, the subtitle on on Amazon Prime during that sequence says "bones breaking" when he snaps <laughs> that guy's. Love neck. that! Like that's I live for that. The fact that he was having sex with the barmaid, as she was described <laughs> in the subtitles, basically because he's a pussy hound, you know, that's why he saved everybody, right? Like but he's, he's a pussy his... hound with a heart of gold. <laughs> sure. He does go back for the little girl. He all that's his throughout the whole but she's series. Saying the whole reason he ends up saving everyone because he is a pussy hound. I'm if saying he hadn't been where yeah, he yeah, was, flaw, he would have been tragic flaw, yes. it, it is, turns out to be sure, the sure, saving sure. grace. Like, I enjoy yeah. that. I love the fact how it's such parallel with Anthony Starr's character from Banshee when he comes out of jail and the first thing he does is just fuck somebody. And women are willing, right? They're mm-hmm. so willing. I don't know why, but I, I find it so funny even though it degrades <laughs> women so much. But to but me, just so hitting funny. those tropes is so funny. Or the fact that we find him, and he's, of course, a fighter. Like, what else would he be? Right. He lives in... Uh, Malaysia? Malaysia, and, you know, he has sex with his girlfriend that he definitely doesn't respect, and she's I obsessed was... with him. He doesn't respect her, because he says her, to her, I'm going to be your Facebook friends as he leaves her. Like, that's, like, as far as this connection going to be real. And then, of course, he's fighting with no rules. He's fighting in the ring with Igor, a Russian mm-hmm. guy. I mean, like, just those things, like, like what I enjoy about the show. And I wonder, like, w- what is it that for you? For me, it's just, I like watching a show where I know my hero's gonna come out on top and, and he's come. gonna just, yeah, <laughs> and just save, save the world. And they're, they can do no wrong and they're just gonna do these sweet, your hero's a hero. Movies. A hero's a hero. Yeah, and like, it's never not in a hero moment. And if they're not, it's hmm. not for long. Hmm. That's why you like it. And right? I also love it because I do love these action series. Like whether it's a really slick car driving car chase, if it's a really good hand-to-hand combat, I just sit there in awe thinking about all those choreographers and all the people behind the scenes. And I'm like, holy shit, that looks so real. And that's so awesome. And then these people that do these stunts, it's so cool. It's very crafty. Yeah. And like you have that whole extra layer that you don't on other shows. Right. And so when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, like it's so cool. What about you, Howie? I think part, part of that, I think knowing that 
that like they i do think like the action and all that stuff is like craft to them the way that we take like comedy or whatever as a craft and so just that they make it look so real and that the story and the plot are kind of like dancing throughout the whole episode and like they don't do these tropes and like like oh i didn't know that that was a thing they know exactly what they're doing and so they just kind of own it and uh, lean into and it and they lean into it and they play it up but more so it's they're shot on location they're doing their stunts and the story is driven by the action and i mm-hmm. think that's really exciting for and me. the and only it time real. it's like taking mm-hmm. us out is when they have some crazy gratuitous sex scene that's like what mm-hmm. is this this doesn't even make sense in the story yeah or bad accents and bad accents do come throughout they come, they, it happens listen I, we're gonna take every show i think for the most part has some sort of like starbucks cup in the thing and so we're like okay we'll just planted like, i think you think so oh uh, for sure i think that starbucks cup was planted in uh game of thrones yeah yeah oh I, wow yeah. i never thought about that's that. that's my that's, that's my theory wow, interesting yeah. but i'm russian so i always suspect conspiracy <laughs> around the corner <laughs> I also talk yeah. like this. The yes. other accent was fake. <laughs> Why do you two think Strike Back hasn't taken off with most people? I mean, you mentioned that you think you're probably the only people that you know who watches. Because I don't we think are. a lot of people have cin- like Cinemax, mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people that have Cinemax really even watch cable. Like they just buy. They're like, I want all the channels. That's yeah. how they get all the channels. So I don't think it's like it is a cult show. It's not um, across the board. Across the board, like it hasn't cut through the psyche of the pop culture but i feel like banshee did because i feel like more people watch free on amazon yeah oh yeah it wasn't it wasn't truly a cinematic Mm. show but this is the only way it could be like that we could like it Mm -hmm. because if it was on tbs or or although we've watched action shows on tbs and cbs but it was they're they're different though they're totally different but they're totally different this is good there's definitely because it's on cinema special flavor Mm -hmm. we would watch lethal weapon and the rookie and like all that stuff like (laughs) i'm tuned in just because we're sick people that want to watch (laughs) do you guys watch comedy shows at all very little (laughs) (laughs) yeah very little and we tend to watch british ones like we just finished up watching extras you guys ever watch Toast of London? I don't yeah, know. I just watched yeah. it. Yay, baby. It. Sasha, had you ever heard of Strike Back? I have not heard of Strike Back. This was my first. This was your first exposure yeah. to first it. First exposure. What about you? I mean, I knew that it existed because I remember I was very into TV when this and Banshee premiered not on Not the Cinemax. board games that you were into, though. Right. Now I'm all about board games. But back <laughs> then I was all about TV. So I remember... It was kind of a thing that people were talking about that Cinemax has original programming now. And it's these two shows, Banshee and Strike Back. Mm. Um, but I had never watched it. And so. only one's around right now. Yeah. Strike Back. Only one survived. <laughs> when is season eight coming out? Like, do you know? I, 2020. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Spring of 2020. And they're but saying it, it's going to be the last one. Yeah. Yeah. But were they, they saying, said this before. They said that. And Stone we watched Bridge it. And like, I, I'm pretty sure Tracy cried at the end of I cry at the end of all these shows when they end because it's like, oh, goodbye. What's or like they tip it? the hat to their fallen whoever it is. Like on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I cried when the two agents were disowned. Um, Anyway. Oh Spoiler alert for Agents of yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, guys. That wow. was like season four, maybe. I don't remember. Um, mm, yeah, but, uh, I remember that. Do you know what yeah, I mean? In yeah. the bar and like the, the two have to leave and yeah. everyone looks at them and they just don't even. Oh, God, I've mm. teared up. The Adrian I'm, Padalecki yes, character. tearing yeah. up just listening to it right now. Oh, yeah. Imagine if you actually saw Clark Gregg doing that. I love Clark Standing up and leaving. No, Oh, no. He did not leave. No, he still leads the force. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's a fun show. I feel like the two guys are so charming and likable. And when you watch those little aftertakes, you are like, I like these actors. And they're literally like doing a lot of their stunts. Like... Hmm. At least the hand-to-hand stuff. Um, I don't know if the guys are jumping out of things. We don't know if they're having sex for real. <laughs> I, we don't know. I don't know. It's Truthfully, I'm, I would love to know how they filmed these, some of these scenes. Because some of them in the more like further seasons, they're like, I'm, I just would love to, to be on set and no, figure out how they're doing this. My husband's a super creeper. It's <laughs> weird. It's I so, just, it looks I so be real. I want to set. Uh, I'm sure you can pull some strings. You work in Hollywood. You know people. Pull some strings. Get into that tiny room where there's only the director and the DP yeah. because the cameraman wasn't allowed. I need I need to get in these rooms 
for a podcast today. For I'm going to come back on. <laughs> That's a stunt nipple. Uh, he's biting the hell out of it. Because what are they doing? What is the guy just like bouncing against her butt? Is it, I don't do you know. think it's taped down? There's no. a lot of taping. There's a lot of pillows, I think, in between, I, from mm-hmm. what I hear. Mm. In between their butts? I mean, <laughs> between the, the... The butt and the penis? Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, or did they put a pillow the on her vagina? The they just tape pillows yeah. right and left and all over the place. And then they tape him out. They're taping him down. It's just a lot of tape. How does it feel when it comes off? Oh, hey, man. Gosh. That's for another research That's why project. you get paid. That's what the payment's for. I'd like to be there when they're untaping, just to see what... <laughs> hey, guys, can I be there for taping of the show? Uh, <laughs> just the specific taping of the pillows to the vaginas, please? And, like, how? Are, what do they do in between takes? When he's like, oh, okay, we need to do that again. Like, Let's Guys, reset. we need a new pillow. <laughs> There's jizz on this one. I mean, this gotta have happened. I mean, uh, you would guess, imagine yeah. people don't get excited from it. There's gotta be some exhibitionist actor somewhere out there who gets excited from For the sure. fact that people are watching yeah, it. His and name's so, Louis C.K. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. It's true. It's very, very true. <laughs> and like, yeah, and for me, too, like being like an improviser and how and I performing comedy for so many years there are moments in that where it gets so heated or I'm just like oh man at the end of that take where they're just like saying you know just something really stupid but I was like no I'm sure they weren't but like very professional you mean or they're probably professional but I feel like I would be like whoa guys oh that's what I would handle but that's just a defense mechanism you realize that it's just (laughs) your choice of one yeah yeah it's just super fun, and I wish more people watched it so that we could have people come and watch it and then be, like, cheering. Because have- it is a show that you stand up and you cheer, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> like, when he slides in the lobby and catches a nuke, I mean, they are so in it to be like, he just caught a nuke like a football. Like, it's so ridiculous and hilarious. Have you ever tried to get anyone besides Sasha and I to watch the show? No. No. Because we're too, wow. we're too embarrassed. I don't know. I think I've, it's the fact that maybe people have to pay for Cinemax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would like go to meetings or like be talking to people and they'd be like, what are you watching? And I'd be like, I'm watching a show called Strike Back. And like I would get like certain reactions or they wouldn't know what I was talking about. Then I was just like, oh, nobody watches the show. And I'm just, I don't know. It, that's what happens when I talk about terror season one. People just look at me and they, yeah, if people haven't seen it, there's, that's, that's a, yeah. it's, it's almost like a mistake to even bring it and up then, because you're not going to connect. You're going to just talk about it, right? right. But you're not going to exchange the th- your emotions about that. Exactly. Mm. So then it became like our little thing. And then we're like, you know what? Fine. I'll just watch it. It will be my thing. But I would kill to be on the show. It's so cool. Like <laughs> if I got to do one of those sweet ass action things, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that'd be so cool. And I would like kill it's dream parts. To watch a taping of the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you're going to get into that taping. <laughs> Uh, live taping. Yeah, they do it all in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> it looks great, but it's three camera setup. Hey guys, you think you're taping Big Bang Theory today, but instead we're, <laughs> we're doing this crazy weird. Uh, Talk about right? Bazinga! How do they do? Like, the, there's like a bunch of eat out scenes too. And it's I, just like, I always what is wonder that? about the eat out. I'm imagining there's a little pillow stuck in there. Like, there's a little pillow covering up. So he's just poking the the pillow with his face. He. I know in the, the the movie Blue is the Warmest Color, there's sure. a prosthetics. They're using prosthetics. A, pros- uh, a prosthetic vagina? I guess on top of the real? the normal, on top of the, the real vagina, the actual vagina. Which at at what point does you know how much barrier can a pro- a realistic looking mm-hmm. prosthetic provide? I don't know. Shout out to a realistic looking prosthetic <laughs> vagina. Where is it now? Who has it? Uh, stay off of my eBay wish list. Uh, We're looking for sponsorships here. Uh, speaking of weird eBay, it's a completely random thing. But you guys know that um, Samuel Jackson's arm and leg are out there. They were in eBay from uh, Jurassic Park. Oh. And so then I watched the unboxing of Sam Jackson's <laughs> leg from Jurassic Park. And very exciting. Like the guy is definitely jerking off, I think, behind Do you the... see the human doing it? Or is it kind of like the unboxing videos of the women with the huge acrylic nails that are just undoing toys? Well, and he's making millions. He, for that. Right. He's unboxing the. He's like, oh, let's see. Oh, does the leg look? The hair looks so real. And, and he's like, sni- I, there's is no it human. ASMR? Is he just like, this is Samuel L. Jackson's. Simulated leg. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're not here to talk about Samuel Jackson. Uh, but we are here to do some ratings of Strike Back. Yeah. Steven, how would you rate Strike Back? Okay, so we, you know, like we've established, we watched two episodes. Pretty far separated in the lifespan of the show. Could be more separated, but pretty separated. I think I would actually give these two episodes pretty different ratings. If I were going to put it on it, if I were going to try to create a scale, in terms of this genre of show, I, I guess I would put like the first two or three seasons of 24 at the top of that scale. You know, that's a show that's driving, you know, that takes place in real time, so everything is constantly moving, and Jack Bauer is constantly cutting off terrorist heads and then shaving. He just keeps things going, and that's what happens in this show. The episode from season two is is really exciting, but I I prefer the season seven episode that we watched. It, it's it just feels like a totally different tone. That's kind of approaching it more seriously, yeah. which you know I it, I don't need my action uh, my action entertainment to be serious, but that version of it just connected with me mm-hmm. more. I think I would give the season two episode like. A five and the season seven episode like a seven so uh, or maybe like an eight even i would put the average for a strike back at like a 6.5 a seven i would definitely be interested in watching more of this which i can't i haven't always said about the things that we've done for the show so especially if there's nothing else to see like it's a movie and you saw it <laughs> right like take me home tonight I, I wouldn't watch more of that because there's only that one. Sorry, Megan. <laughs> Sasha, how about you? I would actually look across the board at the entire show. So I actually never got into 24, but I really like Banshee. And Banshee, I know I rated it before, but I'd like to bring it back. There's so many shows out there, and everybody knows that. And it's really hard to like get past watching one episode of anything Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to get even harder to watch anything past one season like Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. just hard to commit to anything especially when you also like you know working tv and you try to do some stuff for research you're watching things because you want to know what's in the zeitgeist so anything you watch for your soul is like really special right so like i loved banshee and my boyfriend and i watched if not all seasons, but I want to say three or four seasons of Banshee. I don't know how I many. I think there. you watched all the ones that were available for free, right? Right, which is, of course, is what probably made Banshee more well known for sure than Strike Back, right? Because they are very comparable shows. I love Banshee because I think what it does is I'm actually not like a big action, you know, person like unlike you guys, but I really liked how tropey they were and how they went. Like, so self-aware. And something how he brought up about Strike Back. But to me, Banshee is way more embracing. And, like, sort of like, you thought you saw crazy, with here's the fucking crazier. And I think I like how wacky that setup is. Like, the Amish bad person. Like, the, the main antagonist is Amish. And he really has non-Amish accent. And uh, the Dutch accent. And then there's just like a lot of weird characters. That world is so fascinating to me because it doesn't almost make any sense. But it does when you see the action developing. And I really like Anthony Starr. (laughs) So uh, if Banshee is an 8 or 9 on that scale, then Strike Back is probably a 5 for me. Because I think that to me, actually, it's a little bit too serious. I personally don't connect with the fact that it deals with existing wars. Like, to me, I want to escape the news. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe where the deepest disconnect is happening. I don't want to see something that can ring true to me and can maybe push some empathy buttons or some worry and anxiety buttons about something that's really happening in the world. I don't find um, the cathartic feeling from being like, well, badass British or American heroes are going to kick the bad guy's asses. So to me, I'd rather exist in the world that never would exist in real life, which is the world of Banshee. Mm. So (laughs) I would put Strike Back at a neutral five. I definitely think Banshee has a more distinct personality. I just don't really... I personally didn't like that personality, right? I, I found 
what Strike Pack was doing, at least in the later season, to be more interesting. But that's why, you know, we do this podcast. We are not one person. That's now, why there are two people. But who cares about yeah, us? Yeah, Tracy, <laughs> Howie, how would you rate Strike Pack? People who saw all of it. Right. I mean, <laughs> we've seen all of it. I was the person that at the last dink, dink, dink of 24, I bawled. <laughs> I mean, I straight up was crying on the couch being like, this is the last time I'm hearing it. Oh, my God. And so I love 24. The problem with me with 24 is that, you know, there are 24 episodes and yeah. there's some episodes that go by and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just boring. I want to go watch Edgar die in the poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, that episode is just That's like sad. kills you. Um, but anyway, in Strike Back, you will never say that at the end of an episode. You <laughs> go, oh my God, how did they make that? <laughs> so much stuff just happens. It's so compact. And at the end of every episode, there's a hook where it gets you for the next episode. And like we were saying in Latif and that season two, he's bad still in season three. He's like, oh, wow. yeah, so yeah. he continues. Still out there. But like. But it, not in a contrived way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, um, I love 24 and it like definitely was part of me but like I said earlier I was really big on Alias and Buffy and I liked having any of my heroes whether they were female or male I was just like save the world um, whether it's vampires or nuclear bombs and so for us I would put my strike back overall all the seasons solid eight and a half this is so jam-packed with action the writing is so like feels realistic to me at you know at times but the camaraderie between your two main dudes and then later your four makes me burst out laughing. Because they'll say cheesy things like one of the shticks of the two guys of Damien Scott and Michael Stonebridge is that they don't know, is it on three or is it on one? Like when they do a countdown, is it three, two, one, zero? Are you doing it on zero or on one? And that <laughs> becomes a running joke for them. But so, yeah, solid eight and a half. Please watch the show, you guys. I just love it. it. And it gets your heart racing and you're like, oh, my God, that was so cool. And every episode, it's like a little Jason Bourne. And strike back. If you're out there, send a little love our way. Um, Let Howie go to a date. <laughs> Let me go to a date. For me, I take when I watch a show, like Sasha said, so many reasons that I have to like watch TV or whatever. And so when I watch a show, if I'm going to watch something just for pure joy, there's got to be a lot of different things that uh, that like check boxes for me. One is I it's a show I can watch with my wife, which is ex- very exciting. And she's not here today. No, but. she's um, she's at a taping. She's at a, she's doing a taping. Um, and then two is it's like fun and exciting. Like also one thing we didn't say, I'll say it. When the when the theme song comes on, oh yeah, we got to dance, we, and it's with our cats. We dance. The, the song is <laughs> very catchy, and we dance with our cats, mm-hmm. and we it's like, and it's we sing along, and it's very very fun. So that adds into it for me, and it's just like at the end of every episode, I'm, I'm always if I'm like fuck, I'm so mad it's over. Like I want to mm. binge it, and or they, he'll go, let's just watch one more. If when, if we have if it we recorded, have it. yeah. But they release one every week, Ugh. and so when exactly that's <sighs> that's the feeling. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like, "Fuck, I wish I could just watch them all right now." That's how I know I like a show. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, I would put it. I would probably put it at an twelve and a nine, nine point two for that. Mm, nine point two, the highest. We just love it. It's so fun. <laughs> the highest without being a ten. <laughs> so far on this podcast, yeah. yeah. Definitely the highest non ten rating. I, I don't think anything's a ten. I'll say that. That's so fair. I have that's that. True. I have that. That myself. Yeah. You know? So I, I think it's impossible, almost impossible to have. Just because be certain perfect. shows were so perfect, and then they'll have that one season that you're like, "What happened?" Yeah. I don't know. British polling is a ten for me. I've talked about it before. Okay, Sasha. <laughs> you like Fleabag? Uh, not as much, nearly as much. Oh. Strange, I know. But I do like Peep Show, which is to me very oh, similar to. I love that. I would put that up at very, 9. very 3? early nines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, early nines. Low nines. Got it. Well, speaking of things that we like, Sasha, is there anything in your life that you've come across recently or that you've been thinking about that you'd like to tell the audience to shut up and love? Sure, I'll bring up uh, something I mentioned in this podcast. I'm going to bring up Toast of London. It's Matt Berry's vehicle television show that's very Matt Berry. 
he's an English, uh, brilliant English comedian. He's in, on the IT crowd. The he's IT? in um, also what we do in the shadows, which what we do in the shadows, and Garth Marenghi's, of course. Right. Yeah. So what a brilliant comedian! Check out Toast of London. Not like any American comedy you'd ever seen. No, for you, sure. you have to really push through the first one. Like it's going to be because it's so different. <laughs> It's just so insanely different than any sitcom you've seen. So you just have to like let it sit after a couple episodes. Great. Uh, what about you, Steven? Watching Strike Back had me thinking about the kind of action movies that these international action movies that end up getting released in the U.S. by this company called WellGo USA. They mostly... Uh, release Asian action films that that otherwise might not have a distributor over here and uh, one of those movies that people might enjoy that they should maybe check out is a movie called The Villainous which is uh, a Korean movie about a um, starring a woman it's an action film starring a woman and she is she gets brought into this kind of compound she has amnesia and she's being trained to be kind of an assassin and she's slowly getting her memory back um but it has some really great action scenes that are shot in interesting ways the whole opening of the film is like uh maybe eight to ten minute sequence that's all like a first person pov action sequence that's really exciting and the action in the rest of the movie is really good too so i recommend tracking down the villainous because it's a, a really good time you want to say something Howard? well no i think we're gonna do ours but i'm gonna let tracy go first but i think i know what she's gonna do so I, there's two things here's a shout out guys to pimento cheese chips at whole foods wow. i'm loving those right now right. they're called spicy pimento cheese and, and they're just TV shut up show. and love these chips. But I just want to let you know those are really good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be. It could be anything. <laughs> While so we anything. watch. So here's this is where I was going to get to. Late at night when we're watching all these shows, I snack on chips. So those chips mm. make me very happy. Getting a little but, glimpse into how oh, Trace's life. Yes, just totally <laughs> love it. Real spicy chips or salty. We've been watching The Rook. Is that what you hear? Yeah. You the Rook is like X-Men oh. British intelligence. Mm. So... Flavor that up. If you like The Boys, the boys is on amazing. Amazon, then you'll you, like The Rook. You'll like The Rook. Cool. And The, the boys, boys is awesome. One of the best pilots of all time. All and time. Shows then are solid. Things happen. That, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to do this because I know Tracy loves it so much. And I think, and I love it too. And I think it would be her second thing that you should shut up and love. And it's a movie called Peppermint. And it's fucking fantastic. Oh, with uh, Jennifer Garner. Yep. Mm. It's it. Don't look at the reviews. Don't look at Rotten Tomatoes. Just <laughs> watch the, the movie. <laughs> just watch the movie. It's just. It's just a girl trying to get revenge. Mm -hmm. Hey, and she well, gets there. it. And you know, she's an absolute badass. Yeah. No, Is peppermint problematic in execution the way that the trailer kind of uh, i remember when the trailer came out there was a lot of um you know it, it was kind of set up as this movie about a white woman getting revenge on the latino community ugh, um, that's just a bad trailer yeah I mean, these guys could have very listen, well could be there's gangs there's gangs in the world she gets her revenge on a lot of white dudes too. yeah there's Great. plenty of people like to get revenge on i think Good we live ladies, in a very sensitive though. society i think uh she gets revenge on white dudes all dudes. Yeah. She but I don't think there's any the revenge, best on a revenge on a woman. Oh, on she a does. White she, dude. Actually, she gets a semi revenge on a white woman. It just sucks that the, a movie would get ruined by like a tr the way a trailer is depicted. And I think, I mean, listen, it's not perfect. It's not like. Die Hard. Yeah. It's not a perfect movie. Well, look, it's yeah. not Citizen Kane. That's what I was trying to think of Citizen Kane. I couldn't think of it. It's not Citizen Kane, but it's. Uh, it's do people love Citizen watch. Kane really as I much don't. as they say it's the best movie? I think movie? it's something you say on a podcast to make you sound good. My question is, if you were to flip Jennifer Garner with a male, mm -hmm. would we be saying the same stuff? Exactly. And that's just my question for the world. Like, if it 100%. wasn't a female getting the revenge, if it was a guy, would we even think about that? Anybody right. About and that's the thing, you know, like society, Peppermint, that whole idea of, you know, this, this white woman seeming to get revenge on, on, a, on a brown community people wouldn't have thought twice about. And so the fact that it is something that people are hypersensitive about right now is uh, maybe bad for the movie, but probably overall good. 
that it's something that we're finally thinking sure. about. She's just, Absolutely. just getting revenge on people. Bad which people. she should be allowed yeah. to do. Yes. Bad people that hurt her family. Let Jen get revenge. <laughs> Dear listeners, email us with questions and thoughts to our email address that I don't know off the top of my mm-hmm. head. Provided in the comments of the podcast. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug? You can watch all my big news videos on my YouTube page. YouTube.com slash user slash Tracy M333. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Real easy to remember. Tracy M333. <laughs> how, uh, how much you? Yeah. We work with a charity called Kit Crusaders. And they're in Larchmont every Sunday, 12 to 4. And we save and rescue kitties all over the city and sometimes even puppies and sometimes even rabbits and um, come to Larchmont come adopt an animal or donate to Kit Crusaders and they're at Kit Crusaders for Instagram and you can follow their stories thank you Elizabeth Salute for artwork mm-hmm. thank you Andrew Hayworth for our theme music thank you Carlton Gillespie for promo videos and thank you for listening for listening